This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! to end eventually. Swindon Town have lost bragging rights to Barrow after 19,213 days, having lost <laughs> 2-0 at Holker Street this weekend. Joining me down the line from his Hampshire base, having seen Town beat Walsall in the Cup, Swindon lose to Orient in midweek, and then Barrow this weekend is our very own Connor. Hello, Connor. First of all, some mileage, my friend, a serious tip of the cap to you. <laughs> uh, hello, Rich. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a crazy week, really, in terms of mileage on the road. Um, I, I'm i really glad that I did all of them. Uh, you know, I feel like I have, uh, you know, really been through the wars uh, as a Swindon fan uh, this week, uh, both in a positive and a negative sense. Uh, and to be honest, I think it's one of those things where, like, having been at the game on Saturday, I, I kind of just feel a lot more zen and at peace with it um, than I, I may have otherwise at seeing the, the result um, coming down my phone. Uh, if I'd have been back at, at back in Southampton, like I quite often would be for a, an away day of this distance. But, um, yeah, you had a, had a lot of time to stew on it on the coach back and uh, I'm ready to uh, to open up and give my side of the story. Well, that's really nice. 52 years, seven months and six days with bragging rights 
gone. Yeah, just in just in a moment. Um, they should have called it off, shouldn't they? It's... Yeah, though they should have. And Barrow enjoyed that, didn't they, at full time? <laughs> at the social media rinsing Mr. Garner for his uh, points if postponed sort of chat, which was quite funny, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that that is exactly why you don't say that kind of stuff. I think you mentioned in the in the pre match podcast about it being a Carl Robinson esque comment. It is exactly that, and I'm glad that we've been beaten with that stick because if we, if you're going to make comments like that, you need. To, I think we need to learn from it and be maybe a little bit less uh, angry on these kind of things, a little bit less petulant in future. But it's a learning curve uh, for Ghana and for all of us, I guess. Well, we all have our moments. I mean, just before this pod started recording, I was made aware of feedback that the pod has received that this person doesn't like the pod because we don't go to games, which has triggered me significantly, Connor, because I've been sending you all over the country following (laughs) Swindon to make sure that this podcast is represented. So (laughs) I resent that crew aside. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what can we say? Not everyone's going to love us. (laughs) No, no. Or our commitment to the cause. Well, apologies. Well, you did make the hella long trip on the supporters coaches was there any point that you thought this is gonna this is gonna be called off or was it plain sailing all the way up to Cumbria it's a weird one um it was pretty it was a really nice morning and as we kind of came up the M6 rain started to come down but it wasn't particularly heavy uh and then we got into Cumbria and rain was coming down but it wasn't horrible and we got to Barrow and it wasn't raining I go into uh, the aptly named soccer bar near the ground and emerged two hours later to torrential rain. Um, and uh, I was thinking at that point, surely we've, it's now too far gone for it to be called off. Um, but it just didn't let up. Like It was so horrible. Uh, I was absolutely soaked before I was even in the ground and it just continued and continued in that vein. And honestly, like probably from about the 25-minute mark, like the pitch was so wet that I probably was thinking more about is the game going to finish uh, than um, <laughs> what's going to happen in the game. Like my genuinely my focus on for most of the game was like, yeah, are we actually going to see the full 90? Uh, and we did. Um, but yeah, I wonder if <laughs> maybe there was an element of the, the players' minds being on a potential postponement as well. Because it was so wet and so muddy and like the... It, substitutes will come on and just be like covered in mud like two minutes later it was it was crazy oh and and judging by the photos that i saw i think i saw one with you in there you had no cover so you were stratton banked to be honest i kind of didn't realize that there was like a standing section on the other side of the seats that did have cover i think that was pretty full um anyway and to to be fair like i think having an uncovered downpour of torrential rain after like the longest coach journey you're gonna have Possibly all season. I don't, I don't know if uh, Carlo might be slightly longer. Not done that in the coach uh, or, or at all. Um, but it, it's like the full experience, I think. Like literally everything that could make me hardy as a fan happened yesterday. Uh, and I feel like it was good for the soul. Massive fair play to the 577 uh, fans who went. All the 576 plus one Bournemouth fan that you dragged along uh, for the experience. But, you know team building and all that yeah um i should probably apologize to uh, my girlfriend for that she's she's going up to middlesbrough next week um for their lunchtime kickoff that's a free 3 a.m coach from bournemouth so uh yeah she's she's gonna have two saturdays in a row that are pretty much spent just on motorways 
uh, uh, around the country but um it, it was a lot more bearable um sort of being able to, to to do the day with someone rather than go up on my own and uh obviously met a lot of uh friendly and familiar faces um from um twitter and all of that lot um up at the game um so had a very very nice chat with with max and scott um before and during the game um had a warm reception even from some Barrow fans, like in, in the soccer bar that I mentioned before, um, had a very, like literally like a two hour long chat with a Barrow fan uh, that was was pre- somehow pretty interesting talking about Barrow for that long. Um, so uh, socially it was a really good day. And I think that like that has ta- it's taken, that is what I take away from it uh, because we didn't get the results. So I wasn't buzzing, but I got back in um, and I thought to myself, like that was a great day. Like, and having put gone to the effort of doing all of that, next time we went away, it's going to feel so good. Um, so uh, yeah, that's 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 my stance now. Nice. Okay. Well, let's talk about the game starting with the starting lineup because there are a few changes this time round. Jojo in goal. Dion Comroy and Akinodomeo were joined by Rob Hunt, who replaced Romano Critchlow at the back. Our Kessness Iandolo were our wing backs, while Ryan East was in for the suspended Louis Reed. Ben Gladwin replaced Johnny Williams and thus joined Jack Payne in midfield with Harry McCurdy and Tyree Simpson up front. So, you know, usual, what do you think about the starting 11 chat? It, it seems to me maybe based on pitch that Johnny Williams was maybe protected. But then again, to protect Johnny Williams, you've got to protect, you know, you've got to risk Ben Gladwin. What, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the changes? Um, I mean, I guess it was kind of all just as expected. Um, I don't think Critchlow was great on Tuesday and Hunt has been good recently. So that's a change that I would have liked to have seen, to be quite honest. Um, I think... East probably was like the natural person to come in for Reed, given sort of how the games this season have gone. Um, I know that's one that's probably a bit of a, a sore point um, for other Swindon fans, given like who we have in our squad that fills in in that position. Um, but, you know, if, if, if you follow the logic of like who's played and who's played where this season, um, then I think East was the obvious choice um, before the game. Um yeah, it's one of them where I feel like over the last few weeks, I've probably kind of been getting slowly a little bit, in, not impatient, but just like a little bit worried that the system that we're playing now um, with kind of the, you know, 5-3-2 or the the, the free, uh, yeah, I guess 3-5-2, yeah, whatever, um, is uh, not maybe the best way that we could be playing like that it seems that although we've been getting results in a lot of games like teams have slowly worked us out so I wouldn't have minded seeing some kind of change in the way that we were playing um but I understood why we didn't um and uh yeah it, it's it's a strong team but it, it yeah that maybe you could have argued against playing McCurdy and putting um, Mitchell Lawson in that's definitely one thing I would have liked to have seen but in terms of like what you expect, that that was kind of the team, wasn't it? So yeah, okay. Well, we'll talk about the bits and pieces from the fallout of of that lineup and the performance a bit later on. But talk me through the first half then, because it seems, following it from afar, sorry everyone, um, that we 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 never really had a stranglehold on this game. And we'll talk about Ben Garner's opinions in just a moment. But talk me through the first half and, and what your thoughts were. Um. <laughs> It was a game that really never got going, I don't think. Um, 
the impression I get, and like I say, I was spending most of the game kind of wondering if it would actually finish. Um, so I'm probably doing a podcast on what happened in the game is you know, you're with the wrong person because I, I could tell you what the weather was like um, and <laughs> how it felt, uh, how cold and where it was. Um, We're not winning that guy over who who criticises us by uh, doing that, do you? I, I'm you know? not interested. I, I don't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's like it, it felt like Barrow were kind of camped in our half quite a lot. Um, I, I don't know if the statistics would bear that out. We, we probably did have quite a lot of the ball, but we just weren't getting it into areas that could hurt Barrow. Um, they, I don't think they really looked like they were going to score, um, but there were a couple of times when just the run of the ball on that slick, wet surface was just a little bit worrying in terms of while we were um, around at the back. And I, I'm someone that likes playing things around at the back and uh, will never criticise a team for, for having that as their strategy. Um, but it was, it was one of them where sometimes it was slightly quick, sometimes it's slightly slow. And it was hard to like know probably as a player, like if I play a pass, is it going to end up exactly where I want it? Or do I need to put a little bit more, a little bit less on? So, uh, that kind of gives you a little bit of cause for concern when they were quite high up. Um, and uh, Barrow definitely did what um, a lot of teams have been doing in terms of like engage, engaging with us um, really high up. There were a couple of penalty shouts for them. I mean, I have to say in the flesh, the first one like looked like absolutely nothing. Um, but um, I believe people watching on iFollow seem to think it, it may have been a penalty. Uh, the second one for me was like, is like dragged back in the box, like off the ball. Um, looked like a penalty to me. It wasn't given either. Uh, that one, I think people said wasn't a penalty when they were watching I follow. So I think it's one of them where probably between those two penalties, you have one that Barry should have been given in the first half. Um, so they were, they were certainly on top um, for that kind of first half an hour. As we got towards the break, uh, I think Swindon kind of came into it a little bit more. Ben Gladwin kind of was got on the ball a little, a little bit more, beat a few players in midfield, um, a couple of decent balls through. But, you know, I, th- I think there was a, a chance that Simpson just put wide of the post um, and uh, maybe a missed chance for McCurdy. But I can't really... It's, it's like one of them, they weren't even like such good chances that you, you're going to be sort of seeing them in your eyelids when you go to sleep at night. So... Um, yeah, it was it was all kind of just scraps and half chances, and you know a little bit of head of head of steam, and then not being able to sort of break in, and yeah, didn't really um, challenge their goalkeeper, which which was a disappointment um, at half time. But if you having seen enough of Swindon this season, I thought well, second half we're usually a little bit better. Let's hope and see where it goes. I must admit, when we got to half time at nil nil, I, I kind of went into that default setting of well we'll turn it up a little bit and maybe pull away because Barrow not having a great season. So there's no real alarm bells from my side of things, certainly except for the fact that it seemed like we were trying to give away a penalty, judging by the comments that even the official feed was saying. What do you think about in terms of Ben Garner in, in, in his experience here? Because in the last two games, he's faced two very experienced football managers in Mark Cooper and previously Kenny Jackett. And, Listeners' contributions, which I haven't, I'm not reading out this week for time reasons. A lot seem to sort of suggest that Mark Cooper could adapt to the environment that was, you know, around him, ergo the weather, and Garner didn't, given the style of play that he prefers. Do you think there's something in that? Uh, yeah, I think possibly. I mean, I think 
from actually having this two-hour-long conversation with the Barrow fan before the game, um, it did sound like, although Cooper likes to play kind of the kind of football that we are seeing Ghana play at the moment, um, that they are mixing it a little bit more this season anyway. So I don't know if it's even uh, like an ad- adaptation to the conditions as, you know, we're used to seeing a Mark Cooper team the goalkeeper will rarely, if ever, kick it long. Um, he'll always try and look for the short option. Um, and uh, I think Farman, um, the, their keeper, I think it was Farman, it, whoever it was, uh, I was I was being told, uh, can't really do that. So we'll always look to go long. So that's what that's one thing that they kind of they weren't kind of camped in their own half, um, trying to get out, which we, which we maybe were. Um, I think that's their game plan. Like in that, or that's how they've kind of uh, adapted as the season's gone along. So I don't know if it's playing the conditions. Um, I just think, like, yeah, maybe. I think sometimes you probably need the adaptability if, like, a certain plan in your game is not going right to just be able to like have another option that you give. So if, if um, Wallacott's short distribution is putting us under pressure then that he can then have like a medium or longer distribution just to kind of ease the pressure a little bit for a few minutes um, but I mean I, f- I think if you really believe in your plan and what you think is going wrong is that you're not executing it well enough then I can see why you'd stick to it as well so I, I don't think yesterday was so much about us not playing the conditions because there were I think there were adaptations I think a lot of it was just similar to Leighton Orient, just a lot of very mediocre to poor performances, um, all conspiring at once um, to just kind of leave us flat. And the other point I would make, uh, which is not kind of related to playing the conditions, is we've won a lot of very tight games this season. And if then those fine margins don't go your way, then those very those tight games that you lose can all, can become you know maybe less tight games those sorry those tight games that you win can maybe if if your performance drop be less tight and you lose so um i think it's just one of them them things if you see the bad weather um then you maybe that's what you think is is a cause of performance but i don't know if it's so much the weather or just that 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 performance is maybe one that we've had in us for a little bit of uh, maybe a few weeks was it a worse performance than our Orient showing? I would say they are bad in different ways. Like I think at Orient, we looked pretty good going forward at points, but were very, very leaky at the back. Um, whereas I think overall, like Barrow didn't really worry me so much. There were a couple, like obviously we've mentioned a couple of penalty shouts in the first half. They obviously got two penalties in the second half. Other than penalties, I don't know what their route to goal would have been. Like, <laughs> It, it there was not really anything in open play that was like oh they're going to score maybe other than when they got their second penalty but that that's like mistakes that we've made um, so I think the problem today well, on on Saturday is just that there wasn't really that we never really looked like creating anything and scoring um, so which wasn't the case at Orient so they weren't exactly the same but I think they're kind of similar notes of poor just in slightly different ways. The game was won by penalties. The first one was scored by former town loan player Ollie Banks. The second one a bit later on by substitute Josh Gordon. Ollie Banks I didn't mind when he was at Swindon. It, I think Flickcroft left and he was kind of like I want to go too and and Phil Brown was like all right then and that was that. <laughs> um but did did we and I want to talk about the penalties in in a broader conversation once we once we go through Ben Garner's post match. 
were there, were there any moments or passages or periods of play when it looked like we were going to do anything? I would really have to scrape the barrel because again, at this by by this point, I really was thinking, are we going to get through <laughs> at the end of the game? Um, but um, honestly, I'd have to say not really. I there was one absolutely brilliant pass through. I think it was, uh, I believe it may have been Gladwin through to McCurdy. Um, who just it, McCurdy? It kind of just skidded ahead of him, and he couldn't take it down and and get the shot off. Or he may, may might he have been offside again. Can't can't <laughs> can't really remember. Um, that that was probably the one where it looked like a good bit of play. Um, we looked a little bit better once um, Williams Williams came on and um, just kind of with his star quality, I guess, kind of put a cat amongst the pigeons. Um, but I have to say. At 1-0 with a few minutes left, it didn't feel like we were particularly banging on the door. Um, so I, I, honestly, I think probably if you had to look at any chance that we would have had over the whole game to score, the better ones were in the first half, which is weird to say after I've said we didn't really have much in the first half. But uh, yeah, there you go. It was it was really slim pickings in front of goal for, for our forward players today. Cool. Okay, well, let's soldier on with the post-match and we can continue talking about the performance based on what Ben Garner thought. He was talking to Andrew Hawes. Ben Garner said, started the game well, better side first half, better side at the start of the second. Penalty changes the game. Pitch was difficult. They haven't had a shot on target before the goal. Barrow sit in once once they scored and we found it difficult. Uh, wasn't for the lack of effort or trying. Disappointed that we've prepared and it's been decided by two decisions. He calls both of the penalty decisions as not penalties. Uh, aimed to explain to the ref after the game that he's ruined our fans' day, essentially. Uh, not sure what Dion Conroy said or did. Of course, he got sent off at the full-time whistle. It's too regular an occurrence, uh, said Ben Garner. I thought... He was mentioning ill-discipline, but he was actually referring to penalty decisions uh, and a poor officiating. Player frustration isn't down to the fact that Ghana always complains about the officiating, which is something I kind of, that's what I interpreted Andrew Hawes' question, which I thought was really, really good. Connor, is Ben Ghana correct with these observations or is it generally defending his players and, and kind of poor form? In terms of his description of the flow of the game, um, in terms of... Uh, starting the first half well and the second half well, I think that's you know that ca- that can be his interpretation. I'm sure, like if he's told the players to go out and play a certain way and he's he's done it, uh, the team have done it, then he will be, um, you know, maybe mildly happy with the way that that's gone. Um, it's probably like in terms of like he'll probably be seeing it in terms of the processes of like how they are like with their combination play and all that kind of thing, sort of getting out of danger and um, trying to create their own danger and that kind of thing. Whereas as fans, we're maybe looking more at where have the chances gone. And although Barrow haven't maybe had a shot um, on target, you know, they've probably had the chances in inverted commas to, to get two penalties in the first half that aren't given. Even if, like I say, I don't know if it would have been the correct decision to give them. Um, so I'm, I'm with him there to a certain extent. Um, where you know I, I can see why a manager would say that about his own team, and I don't fully disagree with him. I don't think that we were abject, um, and I don't think Barrow were amazing on the day. I think it, it was probably evenly matched, and we probably were kind of 
like just like that few percentage like less at the races than than Barrow were. Um, like I, I don't think you could describe it as a particularly good Barrow performance, as as you probably couldn't as with Swindon. And once they scored, they had something to defend and uh, did sit deep and just look to counter. And that's what happened. When it comes to the penalty decisions, I am baffled that he could argue with it. Because the first one, I mean, it depends what you see, right? So, like, I hadn't seen the first penalty. Um, I hadn't seen a clip of that back until this morning. So I think, I thought it was given for a foul by, I guess, Rob Hunt, um, which didn't make sense. Like, I I assumed, like, from the distance we were at, because we're right in the other corner, um, that he has maybe like grabbed hold of his shirt and like the players lost control of the ball, which isn't what's ha- what's happened. Like what's happened is he's put a cross in it's hit Kessel Hayden in the arm. That gets given as a penalty. I don't see what, like how he can really argue that that's not because uh, his arms out and it's blocked. It, it's a penalty. The second one. Um, I mean, I can see what Gladwin was doing. I like, I, I think Obviously, uh, he seems to be sort of persona non grata with a lot of our fans, and they will take that as you know he, he's cost us the game. You know, but like I can completely see why Gladwin would go to ground and do that in that that situation. But my light's just gone out. Um, yeah, I can see I can I can see that, but it's uh, it it. Look, if you're going to make contact with a player in that situation, it's a penalty. Like, what, what, like, what, what more can you? Well, like, how can you complain about either of those two decisions? It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and to go as far as saying he's never for the first one, he's never seen that given a handball. I mean, I've never seen a handball given. I mean, Come on. Yeah, it, it's 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 a remarkable you know defense of his players. I think, and his go to to defend his players is to rag on the officials. I gotta be honest. It's one of those to go down, you know, football cliche territory. The only way Barrow were going to get out of their terrible run without scoring was with a decision for a, or a moment like that where they are gifted a penalty. It's I don't blame Kessler Hayden. It's just one of those things where you're like, ah, oh, for crying out loud, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. there's nothing it's, you can it's do about it. Like uh, he's not really done anything wrong, but it is a penalty. In Garner's defence, on that one, like I say, I can see if from from the angle that he's at, he might not be able to see that it's hit Kessler Hayden on the arm, um, and he might think, "Oh, that's been given as a foul rather than a handball," because it's not clear. It's not clear in the ground. We weren't stood that much further away from that than Garner would have been in the dugout. Um, so I, I can understand if he's not seen that back because I don't. I sh- I can't assume they are looking at highlights in the dugout. Then. Maybe in the moment he thinks that, and then when he goes back and analyzes that at some point on Sunday uh, ahead of training on Monday, he'll look at that and think, "Okay, I've got that one wrong." But yeah, second one you can't question. First one, first one, I think it's a confusing thing to look at, um, at least from from in in the ground on 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 replays. It's much easier. Yeah, yeah. The second one is your classic non-defender on wet pitch trying to make a tackle in the box yeah. and it's all gone wrong. Um, but it, it, it's a penalty. But th- there was another one where, you know, again, I think it's Iandolo. He could have got a penalty himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that is... Yeah, I mean, I think that one... That was right in front of us. But I I think, like again, that was kind of... 
probably one of them where it's, it's so 50-50 that yeah, you can't really give that, especially in the area of the area he was in. It, it would it would have felt... It didn't feel like a penalty at the time, even though obviously I, I appealed for it, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks it looks a penalty to me. Um, although I agree that it's one of those ones where maybe I can sympathise, but doesn't poor old Iandolo find himself in this position almost yeah. every week? I mean, <laughs> he know? got a right odd stomping on as well, didn't he? Which which that yeah, that hurt, uh, even as even as a fan to see that. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, he he's not getting the rub of the green. Is Iandolo? I think that's one that's one that we can agree with. Um, but yeah, it it's difficult, isn't it? Because like like we say, we look at penalties, and there are so many decisions that look very different in the ground to um, sort of how they look actually um, <laughs> sort of um, on, on the cameras. And I think we have to take what happens on the cameras as, as gospel. So yeah, if the Andalo one was actually a penalty and not just me being really biased, uh, then uh, I'm fuming about that. But um, yeah, I, I quite often think if the referee's <laughs> like not interested at all um, and I'm fuming, then it's me that's in the wrong. Maybe, maybe in this occasion I wasn't, but yeah, I think to, to kind of speak to your wider point that you're mentioning and like as um, was spoken uh, about in the interview, I do worry that we can't just kind of own our own performances and our own results without bringing refereeing into it. I mean, it is frustrating. Like it's one of those things where you could kind of, you, you might be able to say the referee had a bad game. You might you might not. I, I, I'm not really that interested about it yesterday because I don't think that was a deciding factor in in what happened. Um, we can't control what a referee is going to do. I mean, I, I think to a certain extent, some some teams want to try and control what a referee is going to do by kicking up a fuss all the time. We have been doing that a lot. And I, yeah, I don't know if in referee circles this is going around, but it just seems that we're getting a lot of bookings that are just for like being petulant and yeah, arguing about things and to, like debating things that just don't need to be debated because like once someone scored, they're not going to pull a goal back for something that happened t- 10 seconds earlier. Like rarely, not not after they've scored and celebrated and are lining up to sort of take the kick again. So that, what, what's the point continuing to argue? And like, I don't know, a throw-in going the wrong way and McCurdy losing his mind over it and all of this kind of stuff. It, and it you know Ghana may not think it it comes from him. It, it it probably doesn't to a certain extent. It's probably um just that that's the way that the players naturally are. Um, but I think we maybe need to just kind of not look for excuses so much and just kind of accept that sometimes things are the way that they are. Um, and I mean that as a fan as well. Sometimes we are going to lose, and I think we just have to accept that. Like we don't need to look for all these kinds of excuses or look for scapegoats. We just need to accept that, you know, sometimes you go up to Barrow and it's pouring it down with rain and you just don't get out the starting blocks. And that 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 happens and it's not fun and it's not good for us in terms of trying to get promoted, but it's not a reason to like, you know, cry. <laughs> and, and and it's not a reason to have a go at the referee and have a go at each other. It's, it, it, it just is something that happens, right? Like, Yeah, the, the, the ill-discipline is creeping in. And I do think if your manager is getting booked every now and again and he's bemoaning the officiating, obviously not blaming his players, what he says behind closed doors is obviously between them and he could be pointing at them at full time saying, what the hell are you doing? Um, but we have, 
our captain get sent off at the full time whistle. I mean, what what does that achieve? You know, <laughs> you know, what, what is it going to blow his whistle? And go, actually, that's a very good point, guys. I retract the last oh, half hour. Let's start yeah. again. Um, and you know, McCurdy got another booking for descent. And if you watch the footage where Dion gets sent off, McCurdy's in the thick of it there too. You know, so and he could have easily, I guess, you know, been punished if 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 that continued. It, it's it's you know, it, it, I don't want to get all high and mighty. They're obviously passionate about you know, Swindon getting positive results. And if they're not happy with the officiating, they, they've got every right to say their piece, but to get sent off and essentially congratulations to Dion Conroy, who gets Christmas <laughs> off now. So, you know, happy birthday and bravo for dodging Christmas. And with Harry McCurdy that we all loved early cheeky Harry McCurdy. And, but since our declaration of love for him, you know, during that sort of week where he was brilliant against Bristol Rovers and Forest Green, it's turn it's turning more and more tiresome, probably not helped by a couple of so so displays, couple of losses and regular bookings for dissent. I'm not sure though if there's much we can do about Harry McCurdy. I think it's a part of his personality and it's he's either gonna, you know, make you all laugh and smile, or he's gonna make you just you know, clench your fist and shake wildly at him from the stands. But I, I don't think there's much we can do. It's up to the manager. Yeah, no, for sure. Out. I mean, I, I don't expect that to be out of his game. I just expect us to manage him better in terms of, I think we don't need to start him in every game. Um, I think he's playing probably a little bit too much football for his influence on the team at the moment. Um, because, like we saw against Bristol Rovers, like that impact from the bench was was incredible. He he's obviously done things from the start as well. In a lot of games, where he scored, um, you know, quite a good amount of goals for a player in his position this season. Um, but we have other players. Uh, I if I was Jaden Mitchell Lawson, I'd be so frustrated that um, there's a guy who's on about eight nine bookings for the season uh, ahead of me in the starting lineup, and I'm not getting any real chance to start in a league game or. Or, or a game that's actually serious, if that if that makes sense. There's a lot of times where McCurdy is not on a booking, but he is clearly starting to unravel to the point where he's going to get a booking. So why would you not take him off at that point when we have a player on the bench that can do a good job as well? We're going to see Harry McCurdy get more bookings for shows of petulance at, at different points in games. And that's that, that's fine, but it can't happen every game, which is it's happening at the moment. And to be honest, if you're going to keep getting yellow cards every week, I think you also need to be putting in the performance to justify staying in the team because we don't want, like, essentially once he's a, on a yellow, he's a walking red card. And like that, we shouldn't really have to have that. It's, it's frustrating to watch. But yeah, I like I, I don't mind players getting stuck in and, uh, you know, wanting to fight for the cause and that kind of thing like it's just that it's happening a lot now and like I think we had two players at Leighton Orient booked for that kind of stuff within a couple of minutes um I, I think but actually it was it was it Payne and Reed after after the fourth Leighton Orient goal and they might be right but like like we said it's not going to change anything I would rather they just kind of put all of that frustration into you know playing um as well as they can and you know i think most of the time they do do that but yeah it there's no moral panic from me i just kind of would like to see that kind of thing like i'd just like to see the frustration kind of being taken down a notch because i feel like it would do us some good in terms of sort of turning these kind of games around 
because uh, if you keep a clear mind, then hopefully um, it will come. Roll forwards here and a real chance to level, and it is a chance that is taken. Guess who? Owen Doyle strikes again. 15 league goals for the season. Man on fire. There's plenty still to talk about, really. Um, we'll, we'll move to man of the match. Uh, the listeners gave it to Jack Payne, which was actually his third game in a row from listeners. And he's also up for a hat-trick with the pod. But Connor, who gets your man of the match? I think a lot of people are going to really disagree with me, um, at least judging from a lot of the conversations I've had. Is Ben Gladwin for me. He was uh, pretty good for most of the game. Once he went into kind of a, a deeper role, he was really like running the game for us. Um, obviously, he gives away the penalty towards the end, but... Really, if if we're going to talk about blame for the penalty, you really have to. You can only really look at Kessler Hayden for that whole thing happening. Um, so, it's yeah, it, it's a bit of a weird one. I I think the the problem that we haven't picked a man of match for this game is that everyone did things wrong, um, and I think Gladwin did more right than most. So it will mull quite a lot of piss, um, but it's Ben Gladwin. Yeah, you took far too much satisfaction out of saying mulling piss then. <laughs> as long as you're not doing it to be contrary. I mean, a, a couple of guys who watched who watched the game, you know, when we were discussing it off mic, they didn't disagree. You know, they might have said Payne. There was a couple of others that got shout-outs. Iandolo, for example. Yeah, Payne, Iandolo, Hunt probably would have been my other three. Um, so, yeah, definitely don't really disagree with Payne. Um, but I think... We've given him a lot of props recently, so um, yeah, prob- probably why I've gone for someone else. Hunt, yeah, solid as always. Iandolo, I mean, the fact that he kind of carried on after like a challenge that's obviously like meant he's had to go to A and E once he got back to Swindon is um, yeah, the, like, this, the level of performance. Fair play to him, um, but yeah, it, it yeah for me it's it, it, it's one of them where it's it's hard to choose and. Like pretty much anything that we maybe look like we might score came through Gladwin on on Saturday, so that's my logic. Not not being contrary. <laughs> <laughs> I miss contrary, Dave. Uh, he he gave us the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the feedback. Oh, it's a really tough one because the feedback looked like the sort of feedback you would get after back to back losses, six goals conceded, one goal scored. You know, lots of questions being asked of Ben Garner. So this is the first real time I've seen multiple messages say, you know, Garner is getting stuff wrong here. The Anthony Grant question now seems to be far more prominent. Um, And why is that? It's because obviously we're losing. Um, But he's behind two players at the moment, I would say, to get into the first team. But as some have highlighted, he should be on the bench ahead of Dabre minimum which, you know, it's hard to disagree based on the the information that we know is that he's a contracted player who's fit and available. Uh, We don't know any more than that. There is a lot of worry about the defence. A lot of people, I mean, one person even cited that, you know, we've been cruising for a bruising since August. I mean, come on, that's... I think, you know, it's, it's a tidal wave of angst. Yeah, and I can see why there would be angst. I mean, like I said, I've kind of... Probably since I would say for me, Oldham was the first game where I kind of like the opposing team were very poor and 
managed to still put a really good spell together where it looked like we might not win the game. Um, and that concerned me quite a bit. Um, but we kind of went through, we absolutely blasted Crew in the cup by all accounts. Um, but the games that I've seen since, um, in terms of Newport, in terms of Hartlepool, in terms of um, Harrogate, Walsall, like so th- those are four games where from that we won three and drew one. Um, and I think there were like there, there's an, a universe in which we won all four. There's a universe in which we possibly lost all four um, because they were all kind of like very much knife edge games that really kind of fell on on our side. Um, so it's no huge surprise that then the two games after that um, we go to teams play slightly worse than we have been doing and uh, lose. Um, and in the case of Leighton Orient, lose quite badly. I'm a little bit more concerned by Barrow, to be honest, because we didn't we didn't even really play our own game um, in, in in the final third and, and create anything that really got us particularly excited, to be honest. So it's frustrating because that it, we've just we've gone through six games there that I mentioned, plus a, a seventh if you re, if you want to include Oldham, which I, I I don't think there's a universe really in which we we could have lost that game, but there's definitely one that we chucked away. We could have chucked away two points, um, where maybe there's just a, a little bit of a worry that like yeah we need to make sure that we are going to have a few games where we are just putting teams to bed really early and we're not worrying that we we uh, are gonna lose or draw or that kind of thing um, because you know a team in our position you would you would hope that there would be a couple of games here and there where we, we just 3-0 and enjoy ourselves um, so it's difficult I think um, you're not always going to be on top in every game but I just think that like with the level of players we have and you know with clearly the tactical now that Ben Garner has um, you would hope that you know in the coming games that we have coming up um, the things will be slightly better. And I think for, from my side, that goes to just a couple more personnel changes. Like we don't need to st- play the exact same players in every game. It's good to have like partnerships and, and like a, a settled defence and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like for example, like we don't need to play McCurdy when he's out of form. Like we can, we can play Mitchell Lawson from the start. And then if he's not working, then McCurdy will be sort of raring to go shortly off the bench. Um, you know, if the, the midfield, the configuration there isn't working, why don't we put in another defensive midfielder, either taking like one of the more creative players out um, or just like, you know, reverting to a back four. Like obviously we, we went from a back four at the start of the season. That's how we wanted to start playing. have gone to a back free because that's kind of how we need to shore things up maybe the next progression is to then move back to a back four and uh kind of try and control games in the midfield a little bit more and I, I don't know um like obviously this is all <laughs> tactically probably stuff that um you know Ghana would absolutely school me on um but I, I think it, we're at the point where um it just feels like just a couple of little changes to freshen things up in different places will take us away from these games are on a knife edge to oh, we should we should win this one uh, and we we can we can enjoy it and that that's kind of where I am on this thing. I mean, like I say, it's not been the whole season. Like in October, we were blasting teams. We blasted Forest Green. We blasted Bristol Rovers. Um, but yeah, it it's it's just one of them where that there there is there is definitely 
legitimate criticism. Um, we don't need to veer into then going too over emotional and saying we've been awful since authors because that is demonstrably wrong. Uh, and I had to laugh at that. But like a lot of the other comments um, are right. And I mean, in terms of Grant, it's a bit of a weird one because you, you, you think if he's in favour, then like in those kind of conditions, like an experienced head, someone who can sort of mix it a little bit um, could have been a really good asset. Um, but I like for me, I just haven't considered it because I mean, he's just not been around and there's, there's clear, there must be a reason for it. Right. So um, hopefully that gets fixed so that we're not sort of having a senior player, just like not doing anything for us as a club. Uh, or um, if, if that is over, then hopefully something can be sorted out in January so that we can replace him with another senior player that will do something for us. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't, given the performance that we saw from him in the Papa John's a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if he would have been, um, exactly what we needed, but you know, for a, a slightly larger occasion than Papa John's second round, maybe maybe he would have been um, the guy to call. I don't know. In terms of our season, our sort of personal plea, hope for Swindon Town was just to maintain the form so we are in a good position, playoff picture until January. And January doesn't answer all the que- you know, answer our prayers necessarily. You know, you can have we probably had more stinky January transfer windows over the years than we've had good ones. You know, I, I haven't got the science behind that, but <laughs> they're not a guaranteed success. But to get halfway through where we are, you know, to be around this point after getting 23 is ahead of schedule. And I'm not going to sort of hark on about the summer. I'm, I'm talking about this Swindon squad, the players that we've we've brought in. They just needed to get to January in a good place. And yeah. we're in a great place. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we've lost two in a row, but we're still seventh and we've got game in hand, which if we win, and it's against Crawley, who are not very good, um, we would be third. So, you know, other teams around us are also inconsistent because, you know, you would expect if you're going to drop six points that people would kind of steam on past you but that's not quite happened I mean I know there's a lot of people behind us and like before like after the playoff places that are ready and willing to take our place if we we do you know take this sort of blip and extend it um but like my argument was always I mean what so once once the takeover went through and um it was clear that we were going to put together a decent squad my argument was very much always get through to January like still in it uh, and then anything can happen. We, we've seen last season that like Bolton, I think was 17 for something like that in January and uh, like ended up going up pretty easily in the end. Um, so you don't even need to be like in the position that we're in. You can be a little bit further back and it still be like very much all possible. Um, I would say, I think we're now 11 points back on Forest Green and they we don't have a game on hand on them. So I think like something like the title is beginning to look difficult especially given like the form that they're putting up um but automatics very much like i I would still like probably have us down as favorites like the way i've seen us play um is better than most teams i've seen this season if not all um so we we know that we can do it i've also seen us (laughs) have a couple of stinkers as well um but like obviously that there's you know, we've had those kind of games and I've seen a lot of teams that are a lot worse than that anyway as well. So uh, it's, I'm, I'm not that worried because I all I wanted to be was in the picture and then you kind of pick up the 
you, you know, maybe flip the players that aren't sort of doing what we need them to do, add a couple of players where we need to in the squad. Um, and then, you know, it, it begins to look a very, very different proposition in January, doesn't it? So like you say, January might not solve anything. It might make us worse. Um, but um, we have built ourselves a platform with this first half of the season. Um, and like all we'll need to do is just fine tune ourselves so that second half of the season we can go all guns blazing and, you know, it could be some really good days out and, and uh, could be promotion on the cards. Um, like given that our form has not been like amazing over like home and away, away was amazing. Um, home has not been, but like, obviously if, if you take like just like all of the games, we like, we can go up a few gears. Um, and once we do, then hopefully that means that we, we, we are still in it. And uh, I don't know. It's a lot of talking to say that I, I just still, I, I, I think we're in the right place. Um, we're exactly where I wanted us to be at this point in the season. And I'm not, I'm not talking about bef- like when we thought that we were staring down, down the barrel. <laughs> I mean, like when we were like, oh, we've got a club back. This is so exciting. Um, that kind of thing. This is where I want us to be. We're exactly there. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. Well, I mean the reaction across social media and and beyond like I said there was it was quite it was quite angry uh, on on Saturday evening and it led to a conversation off mic between you know the people who work on the pod and I think it was Terry that sort of posed the question and I thought it was really interesting so I thought I would I want to discuss it now. He said something on the lines of off the pitch as fans, we are way more forgiving than ever before because the current owner is universally liked. We went through a hell of a hell of an ordeal and we're lucky to have the club. So when it comes to things like ticketing shambles, we accept that's a historic issue. When we read that the club trying to persuade people not to have refunds on season tickets, we sort of say, yeah, fair enough, because we're lucky to have a club. When they rinse us for cash via various things like replica shirts, including a third kit and a soon to be discussed in the future potential ticket increase for the Man City game. We're told, and most of us accept, that it's to prevent us from going broke again. Yet on the pitch, many of our fans can be really quite overly critical. Swindon, as we've discussed, we're fifth in the league. And the fans are saying, you know, these are these are things that have been said, you know, and it could be by one person, it could be by 10, 15, 20, 100. But people are saying that the manager needs to rethink. Gladwin and Simpson are nothing players and should be dropped. Conroy should be stripped of the captaincy. Garner has a week to save his job. All that sort of <laughs> stuff. Wow. And yeah. I, I think the question is, what Terry was posing was, are these two linked? Is there always a balance of satisfaction. And because no one is allowed to criticise the club, the results within the football department are being held to a standard that's never really been seen before. And I do get this feeling that we are really, really critical of, of the players and the performances. Whereas on the other side, we're just not blindly optimistic, but thankful, but we just take everything else that's been given to us which costs money we just go okay fine fair enough but we give the players hell as a result of it yeah I think there's maybe something in that um I think there are a lot of things that are going on at the moment that if they were happening under power would be 
a lot worse. But then it also you kind of think as well, a lot of this stuff probably is happening as a result of the situation we're in because of power. So it, it's really difficult to kind of extricate like what is a problem off the pitch from before and like what's something that actually could be better now, like, you know, turn stuffings and all that kind of thing. And I think like where we have the benefit of the doubt as well is as well as the owner being popular, like they are telling us when they're aware of these issues and what they're trying to do to fix them as well. So like even, even things that have annoyed me, like there's usually been like an indication that the club are aware of it and they're trying to fix it. So like, yeah, even when I'm annoyed, I kind of am not that annoyed really with the off off the pitch stuff. Um, With the on the pitch stuff, I think maybe partly it's linked in that, you know, we live frustrating lives, but by and large, I think like a lot of, a lot of the time we want to go to football and just like have a good time and uh, kind of escape from the the daily lives. Um, What I think as well, that's not part that's so like, yeah, you, you probably want to complain a little bit and enjoy things. So when you're not able to enjoy things, you want to complain. And the obvious thing to do is complain about what's on the pitch. There are valid complaints that can be made. Like, I, I think, you know, we can always discuss performances and is this player right? Is the tra- Are the transfers right? What I find really weird is that these kind of talking points are being done when players have proven that they are good. Like, you know, Tyree Simpson is, is our top scorer, top scorer isn't it? Is like very close to getting to double figures and it's December. Um like we, for a 19 year old in his first season like we can't really be asking a huge amount more uh and like yeah I think I think he's he's doing better than I would have thought when when we signed him in the summer so like yeah what more can we really ask with Ben Gladwin we know exactly what he is like we he he came through really through us in, in the pro game we we know exactly what what his game is we know his strengths we know his weaknesses but he is for whatever reason <laughs> Um, a bit of a lightning rod um, for for fans, and and that's fine. People are going to have the players that they like. They're going to have the players that they don't like. Um, but I think it's it's just that we we kind of get fixated on things at, at certain points. And there are probably players that I've scapegoated over the years um, that maybe didn't deserve half of the um, the stuff that I fought uh, and said. Yeah, I, I think the other thing that we have to mention as well that's probably not related to any of this is that we just seem to live in this like microscope culture where like everything is like examined so much and talked about. We like, I mean, obviously like Swindon played Barrow and lost 2-0 in League 2 and we're now like 54 minutes of talking about it. Um, so we're, like we, we, we're doing it. Um, but like, you know, if you run everything negative you know, through the microscope, you're going to find a lot of negative things to discuss and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I probably the things are kind of linked. I think as well, where it is frustrating when, you know, you know that the players can be doing better and that we could be winning games. But I just, I, I don't understand the outrage. Like Ghana having to save his job, like what on, what planet are you on? Like, it, that's crazy. Like, I, yeah, what, <laughs> I, I actually have run out of things to say about that because yeah like yeah and, and and that's that's echo chambers and all it takes is one comment and you think oh that's what people think this, yeah that's what all people think and you know it's there was a lot of worried negative angry reaction to losing to barrow for various reasons so you know i one thing i i hate the thought of is 
people listening to the podcast and thinking that we think we're the authority and we're always right. We absolutely don't. And there are always reasons to be concerned and worried when you're so passionate about something mm. like football and like absolutely. Swindon Town. It is. It's. It's. It was an interesting question that Terry posed, and I, I do. I do find there's a lot in it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I think you're right, and I think the other thing that I would point out is that still the away support is very appreciative of the team. Like we lost two 0 at Barrow, and it was absolutely abject, and it came off the back of a four-one loss on Tuesday, and at both games, uh, at the end, after a brief moment after the final whistle, where everything was terrible. Um, the the team came to the fans and were applauded and there were shouts of like, you know, come on, let's let's do this in the next game, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, there were not shouts of come on, let's do this in the next game, but there were there were shouts of encouragement so that we can carry that into the next game. That's what I meant. Who <laughs> shot that? That's ridiculous. Come on, Swindon, let us win the next game. Yeah, that's uh far too far too verbose for a football champ. <laughs> But 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 you get what I mean. Like uh, I think th- like we we might read people that are frustrated with how things are going. They might not like the style of football. Um, they might just be a little bit frustrated about a couple of individual performances, that kind of thing. Um, but if we take a longer view of like what is what what does it look like to be a Swindon fan in a at a game, which is like really the only place that it it kind of matters in a like what is the mood around the club sense. And it's still really positive, even though we lost 2-0 at Barrow and we knew that we had seven hours till we got home. So that's 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 really the atmosphere, I think. Uh, and like you say, if we win on Saturday against Walsall, which we could do because they don't look that great, um, we might not because, you know, there are times where we don't look that great, then uh, <laughs> then the, the mood will change again uh, and uh, we'll be going into Christmas with a win and everyone will be happy. So that's football, isn't it? And that that's this is exactly why we're here because that the enjoyable thing is that we don't know going into games that we're going to win, and that makes winning more enjoyable. Connor, it's Swindon Town. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. (laughs) The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 